skin itch and you start to scratch. Skin sores. Kidney disease. Rheumatic heart disease. Rheumatic fever. Frosted scabies. Streptococcal infection. Preventable. Treatable. That's where all the sickness comes from. Though long banished to the history books in the modern urban setting, scabies is a disease that is an everyday reality in the remote Indigenous communities of the Northern Territory. One Disease is a not-for-profit organisation that aims to eliminate crusted scabies, the most serious form of the condition, as a public health concern. In this podcast series, we scratch the surface to reveal the history and origin of scabies, current treatment strategies, and just how One Disease plans to achieve their ambitious goal. Scratching the surface, the scabies story. G'day, and welcome to this episode of Scratching the Surface, the scabies story, brought to you by One Disease. I'm Brad Fibraise, my deadly mate Jacko is here with me in Studio G to join the conversation. Hi Brad. And our guest today is Meg Scolia, Senior Public Health Nurse with One Disease. Meg's role involves working in partnership with communities to develop locally owned strategies for creating scabies free zones. Welcome Meg. Yeah, thanks for having me on today Brad. Meg, can you tell us a bit about your time at One Disease? When did you join the team? I've been with One Disease since 2016, so the years are flying by. I started at One Disease as the community nurse. So my roles kind of evolved over the years as we've been progressing towards elimination of scabies. But one of the main things that I've done that's been consistent through those years is to really work with local people on the ground, clinic staff, to design local strategies for scabies-free zones. Yeah, it's been good. So 2016, that's when One Disease kicked off? Yeah, so One Disease kicked off in 2011 as a pilot project out in East Arnhem. And um, the team there kind of wrote everything up and worked on that for a few years, wrote it up. And then in 2016, a new team came on our team now, to take the learnings from that pilot project in East Arnhem across the rest of the top end and down into Central as well. And do you think Scabies is improving in the communities that you've been to over the X amount of years? Yeah, Scabies has definitely kind of ebbed and flowed across the communities we've worked in. In Manangreta recently, one of the paediatric cardiologists made a comment that the skins in Manangreta were the best she'd ever seen them. Oh, wow. So in the last six months in Manangreta, we've had some local workers on the ground there and we've set up a system between the clinic and the RHD team, which is where our one disease workers kind of sit. And so um, we've set up a system where we've been getting referrals from the clinic to follow up scabies. So when the referrals come through to our guys, they go to the person's house and organise a time to sit down with the family, do some education, talking about scabies and how you get it and how you treat it, things like that, and doing case management with those families, going back again next week, week after Mm. week after, just to support that family till all the scabies are gone. Yeah, so good to hear. So what do you think um, separates Man and Greta from the rest of the community with their whole education around scabies and how to treat 
not only scabies, but crusted scabies. The model that we've got going in Maningrida is different to some of the other communities we've been working in. And it evolved sort of fairly organically just um, through kind of some of the staff at the clinic over the years. One of the ladies there, Marie Charlton, she's the coordinator of the RHD program in Maningrida. Her and I have been working really closely and we both have the same values around community work, working with primary health care principals and taking services out of the clinic and into the community and really um, with a big focus on education. So by working in partnership with her, naturally we've kind of just evolved the model for Maningrida. In Maningrida, there's 11 people with crusted scabies. So there's a high number of crusted scabies in Maningrida, which is why we've focused in on having local workers in that community. Meg, um, I had the privilege of working with you in Maningrida, yes, and some great stuff is happening there. You might just want to let the listeners know in regards to RHD. Obviously, it doesn't mean right-hand drive, but and the RHD and its connection with scabies. Thanks, Jacko. That's a really great question. So RHD stands for rheumatic heart disease. And so we know from the evidence that a lot of skin sores in the territory are underlied by scabies. So when people are scratching at their scabies, they're really itchy, they can um, bore some holes into the skin. And if there's a high burden of that strep germ, the strep germ can get inside into those sores and make its way through the bloodstream to the heart. So strep germ is responsible for rheumatic heart disease and strep germ lives on the skin naturally, but also in houses, in puddles of water and things like that. So when people are scratching at their scabies, they can create holes in the skin and that's where the strep germ can get in. So scabies work and rheumatic heart disease work marry up really well together. And the work that we do preventing scabies helps to reduce the amount of skin sores and, you know, effectively help to reduce the amount of RHD in the future too. So what is your like overall vision on the program? or the project, I should say, and um, where do you think you're at at this point? For the elimination of scabies, we've been working towards a goal of having less than 5% of clients with recurrent crusted scabies. That means they've had another case of crusted scabies. So over the last 18 months, One Disease Work has kept the number of recurrences of crusted scabies below 5%. So in that way, we're sort of hitting our KPIs for the elimination of crusted scabies. But we know that people will always be at risk of having a recurrence of crusted scabies if there's scabies around in the community. So we've been working more recently on creating scabies-free zones Mm -hmm. across communities. Over the years that I've been working, initially we were really focused in on creating systems for managing crusted scabies. And now that we've been hitting those marks and we're not having a lot of recurrences of crusted scabies, we've progressed into working more around scabies-free zones. So crusted scabies can be cured? Yeah, crusted scabies is caused by the same mite as scabies. So if we can get rid of scabies, there'll be no crusted scabies. 
if we can keep the amount of scabies right down low, then those people with a poor immune system who might be at risk of getting crusted scabies will be protected. Fighting many diseases by targeting one disease, scabies. Scratching the surface, brought to you by OneDisease.org. Meg, I'm, I'm just wondering whether you want to comment on have we any data to measure, I guess, the impact over a four or five year period that one disease has just dealt with scabies and crusted scabies and not a whole range of other illnesses, if we can measure that impact and you know, produce some of those results for the community. When the team came on in 2016, we were seeing a high number of grade three crusted scabies. So with crusted scabies, medically to define the treatment, we grade that crusted scabies out. So grade one is a little bit of crusted scabies and grade three is really bad crusted scabies. So when we began we were seeing about 19% of our cases with grade three crusted scabies. And now we're seeing below 3% of our clients with grade three crusted scabies. So a lot of the work that we've been doing with the health system to embed knowledge and daily practices for managing crusted scabies and detecting it early so that clients are picked up with a grade one or a grade two crusted scabies and not left so long until they're picked up with a grade three crusted scabies. So somebody with grade three crusted scabies has had crusted scabies for a long amount of time. So the work that we were doing with the health systems is really around making sure that people who have had crusted scabies are having regular skin checks so that their skin is being checked, their scabies is being treated and they're not being left alone for long enough that that scabies can become a really bad grade three crusted scabies again. So part of the work around embedding systems has been working with the hospital to support clients while they're in isolation so that they stay in hospital for their whole amount of treatment and don't take own leave or t leave the hospital early before their treatment has started. But part of that work is also around working with the primary healthcare clinics out bush to make sure that when that person has come back from hospital with really good skin, that they're getting regular checkups and that mm. they're not being left alone for months on and without skin checks so that they end up with a grade three crusted scabies again. So part of the work that we've been doing um, has really improved those processes and we are seeing a lot less grade three crusted scabies now. What are the major uh, challenges to elimination for crusted scabies? Crusted scabies will never be fully eliminated if scabies still exists in an endemic environment which means that there's lots of scabies around. So we can control crusted scabies really well by having these management processes in place, having regular skin checks, things like that, treating scabies as it comes up. But while there's scabies around, there will always be people at risk of getting crusted scabies. So one of the challenges for elimination of crusted scabies is that there is a lot of scabies around in the top end, mm. 
So when we're thinking about creating scabies-free zones across whole communities, we have the challenge throughout the dry season in some of those communities where there's a lot of ceremony or funeral sporting events happening throughout the dry season and so visitors are coming from here and there and, and there's a lot of travel and movement across the top end. So even if we were successful to have a scabies-free zone in one community, if there were visitors coming and they brought those scabies with them, then we'd have another little outbreak. So that's one of the real challenges. Yeah. Just hear you say that, you free up one community, turn that into a scabies-free zone, and it's just, you know, family members come from another uh, community and it's just an endless cycle. So I was actually speaking about this with one of our community workers in Manangreta this week. And the purpose of having Healthy Skin Weeks is to work across the whole community with a lot of agencies to have a screening and treatment process for the whole of the community. And that includes working with a lot of the other agencies in town, the aged care service, the child and family service, the school, some of the workplaces as well, and working with those guys around information and education around scabies and and treatment of scabies in preparation for these two weeks where we screen and treat everybody. So I was talking with our local worker in Manangreta and he was saying, Meg, you know, I believe that our Healthy Skin Week is going to be really good and it's it's going to work well, but there is going to be a lot of travel after June months and what happens if we see more scabies pop up. And so I was, you know, I was talking with him and we were talking about the fact that by treating everybody in Manangreta or everybody in the community for Healthy Skin Week, we'll be able to bring the rates right down low and with the systems that we've got set up now at the clinic, we'll be able to get onto small little outbreaks really quickly. And part of that is working with families and providing information and education to those guys so that they feel comfortable to say, hey, looks like you've got scabies, pop to the clinic and get some of those creams and trying to get onto those little outbreaks beforehand. He was saying, yeah, yeah, we can get onto those little outbreaks, but Meg, I think we're going to need to do a healthy skin week every year. And so will we have an opportunity for another Healthy Skin Week next year? And I was saying to him, actually, you'll be driving the Healthy Skin Week next year and I can support you to do it. And that way, if one disease doesn't exist anymore, you'll still be working in the health sector. You'll still be working in Manangreta and you'll have that knowledge. You'll have all that paperwork, all those systems will be in place and you guys can keep doing Healthy Skin Weeks into the future because that knowledge exists here in Manangreta now. Scratching the surface, the scabies story, brought to you by one disease. To scratch a little deeper, head to our website at onedisease.org. So um, the creams, the Lyclu cream, the benzobenzoate cream, they're really good at killing the mites. The ivermectin tablet is really good at killing the mites. And we know that two other things are really good at killing scabies mites. One of those things is isolation from the body 
because scabies love to live in human skin. That's where they eat and reproduce. So if they're off the human body for a couple of days, they will just die. The other thing that's really good at killing mites is heat. And so there's been some research done around the kind of heat that you need to kill scabies mites. And they've worked out that anything over 50 degrees Celsius will kill the mites. So having hot wash washing machines available can help to um, kill any of those leftover mites that are hanging on, around on the sheets or blankets. In Manangreta, we've got a partnership with Orange Sky, which is a bus with a bunch of washing machines and dryers on the back of it. And they've got really hot washers and really hot dryers. So part of the process in Manangreta, after our local guys have been to the house, provided the education and treatment and things, they'll actually ask the guys at the house, hey, you know, um, do you need the Orange Sky Bus to come around and support you to do your sheets and blankets and things tomorrow morning? So that process has been working really well. It's a good partnership. I like your typical devil advocates question here, Meg, um, and not canning the program because I think there's some great initiatives and great successes. Given the event I'm in a community and Orange Sky, uh, the washing machine service, I believe has an expiry date. I'm not sure it's going to be there forever. So they go. Okay. And then I have a washing machine at home and I only have cold water. I don't have hot water. So therefore I can't have a hot wash. And then my washing machine breaks down. So the next step there is, uh, as you said, uh, high heat. So that would then mean, okay, I'll put my clothes in a gar bag and keep it out in the sun for eight days. Does that mean that there's eight days I'm walking around the community completely naked? Or how do I manage that? <laughs> That's a really good question, Jacko. <laughs> I'd like to not see you bare bum walking around the streets. Um. <laughs> I wouldn't be walking around the street, back, but I guess we've got some big leaves out there in the bush there, you know, they could say. But um, no, I guess that um, those are good options, I think, that, and we're going to be considerate of that. And, and as you said, the next educators are the community people. And I think that when you talk about embedding these type of systems in the health system so they continue to roll out and follow up, we've still got these community people as the educators and trained the trainers for other Aboriginal health professionals that might want to get involved. So I think it's a, it's a good setup. You know, there's, um, we're not stopping and ending and writing up, you know, our flash reports and go presenting at a conference overseas to say how much we've done. I could see this is continuing, and I think that's the key to any sort of rollout of a program, this initiative. You don't want it to end just because the funding ends, and community takeover is, is what I'm seeing at this point in time. Definitely a big part of our work at One Disease is advocating for our community workers to be kind of absorbed within the uh, community health services in those communities. So yeah, we'll be working really hard to make sure that Scabies' work continues even when one disease doesn't. Scratching the Surface, the Scabies story, produced by Skinny Fish Music for One Disease. 
You can download other episodes or the whole series from your favourite podcast provider. And for more information and resources, head to our website at onedisease.org. Thank you.